Ron Harrigan, and this is a Fulcrum Strategies Healthcare Update. It's the economy, stupid. In 1992, political strategist and one of the masterminds behind Bill Clinton's successful run for the presidency, James Carville, told campaign workers and the candidate himself to stay on message by reminding themselves that it's the economy, stupid. Those words rang true then and even more so today. While everyone is focused on COVID-19, as they should be, I do think it's time for Mr. Carville to once again remind us that it's the economy, stupid. What I mean by that is we can now see the end of the tunnel for COVID-19. We are relatively sure that a vaccine will be available sometime early next year, and that with an effective vaccine, we should be able to return to normal. The big question to me is, what is our economy going to look like in 2021? The COVID crisis is unprecedented in so many ways. Before this is over, we will have lost more than 200,000 American lives to this virus. Others who survive COVID may have some lasting and permanent health issues as a result of the virus. This global pandemic caught us by surprise and will make 2020 a memorable year for everyone. What isn't being discussed much right now, but what could have an even greater lasting impact is the damage this pandemic has done to the U.S. economy. In many ways, the economic damage from COVID-19 is something that we have not seen since the Great Depression, and in some ways it could be even worse. Our most recent economic crisis was in 08 and 09, when we experienced a financial meltdown that caused a dip in our gross domestic product and increases in unemployment and the national debt. To mitigate the financial crisis, our government put in place TARP and other stimulus packages. The COVID-19 crisis is causing similar impacts, but on a whole different scale. When we look at GDP, for example, we see that in 2008, GDP went down by one-tenth of one percent. In 2009, it dropped by two and a half percent. That was considered horrible at the time and was the largest drop in GDP since 1946 when the U.S. economy slowed down from its hyperproduction mode of World War II. During the Great Depression, the largest single-year drop in GDP was in 1932, when it went down by 12.9%. In the second quarter of this year, our GDP went down by almost 40%. Let that sink in for a moment. The worst year of the Great Depression saw a 12.9% drop in GDP, and in one quarter of 2020, we experienced a drop that is three times that rate. Jobless claims are another area to look at. Before COVID-19, the highest weekly unemployment claim number came in 1982, when 700,000 people applied for unemployment benefits in one week. In early April of this year, the U.S. had one week where 6.9 million people, almost 10 times the number from 1982, applied for first-time unemployment benefits. Now, at this point, you're probably wondering how on earth the wheels aren't coming off this bus. Well, we've done this by spending astronomical amounts of money in various forms and stimulus packages. Simply put, we're paying the bills with credit cards right now. This Keynesian approach isn't new, but the scale is something we've never seen until now. During the financial crisis of 2009, our country re recorded its largest single-year deficit of $1.4 trillion. 
This year, we will eclipse that number and are now projected to have a deficit of almost $4 trillion. To put that into perspective, our budget deficit this year will be more than the entire economy for all but three other countries in the world. Think about that for a minute. We're racking up more debt this year than the entire economy of the United Kingdom, France, and, well, every other country not named China, Japan, or Germany. This begs the question, how will all of this debt affect us in the future? Excessive debt for a country can hinder economic growth, increase interest rates, and increase unemployment. The key to determining the impact is to look at the debt as a percentage of GDP. Obviously, individuals with more income can carry higher credit card balances because they can pay them off. Just as that is the case, countries with higher GDPs, higher gross domestic products, can carry more national debt. So the key is to look at the debt-to-GDP ratio. An organization called BIS, which is made up of 62 central banks from countries representing about 95% of the global GDP, established a recommended threshold for debt-to-GDP. The BIS recommends that countries not exceed a debt-to-GDP ratio of more than 85%. All right, keep that in mind. If we look back in our history, we see at the end of the Great Depression, our debt-to-GDP ratio was 43%. Not bad. At the end of the financial crisis in 2009, our debt-to-GDP ratio had risen to 83%, just below the recommended threshold of 85%. So what's our debt-to-GDP ratio going to be at the end of 2020? It'll be 136%. That's right, 136%. That puts us right up there with those economic powerhouses of Italy and Greece. Oh, in case you wonder, the United Kingdom, 80%. Germany, 59%. China, 50%. So what does all this mean? Well, we really don't know for sure. Most economists think that we are looking at a very long recovery with unemployment levels around 8 to 10% for several years. They're also very concerned about the pressure this kind of debt will put on the federal budget and the economy overall. That brings us to why all of this is in a healthcare block. Well, you see, healthcare is a huge part of the federal budget and in 2021 is likely to make up 20% or more of the U.S. economy. That makes healthcare a huge target. No matter which party comes out on top in the next election, there will be incredible pressure to control healthcare costs and reduce spending. As a good friend of mine is fond of saying, if you aren't invited to dinner, it may be because you are dinner. I've also heard somebody describe the difference between being involved and committed is this. When you look at your breakfast plate in the morning, the chicken was involved. The pig, he was committed. Ladies and gentlemen, healthcare will most definitely be on the menu for 2021. Let's try to stay involved and not be committed. Thank you, and as always, be safe and be well.